sun comes up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back. Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Right, it was. It yes, was. It, was. <laughs> it still is. We still are is. on the road in the cab with these drivers out here on this radio program. That's right. right. And the question of the day is, how's your mama and them? How is your mama and They're them? good. They're fine as frog hair split three ways. <laughs> that fine. is Dennis McKay. He's jumped up in the cab with us today. He might not stay long when he starts hanging out with me and Gary. <laughs> That's right. That's so, shady. And, and once he finds out who we're going to be talking about and with, it might even get worse, Joe Arview. He ain't he the guy that plays guitar with Arview on country? Yes, he is. I'll pour us up a cup of coffee and let's listen to a little bit of Joe Arview. Joe is an awesome guy, and uh, he travels all over the country. His phone number is six one eight nine two seven nineteen eighty six. You can book him for your church or your Christian event if you'd like. But when you call Joe, make sure it's about two thirty in the morning. That's yes. right. That's when he's just rising. That's yeah. right. He likes that. He'll rise, all right. Make sure you tell him Gary Raven said so. <laughs> That's right, friends. Joe loves to get calls from people out there on that old lonesome road. And if you do call him at 2.30 in the morning, you're probably going to get his answering machine. But leave him a message. He will call you back. So, guys, hang on to your coffee. Here's Joe Arview. And this is one of my favorite songs by Joe. Found myself on a walkway, but I couldn't help but run. Driving my life in the fast lane, not far ahead of the gun. I take a pill to get up in the morning And the whiskey got me to bed 
Never thought I'd ever see forty. All I've been through, guess I should be dead. I was searching for a life full of profit. When I heard from a prophet of old, I was carrying my gold in a pocket. When he told me of riches untold, I was searching for the end of the And I found where the rainbow begins Mama always told me, trust Jesus And I'd tell her he was just a man And I was hell-bent To be a free bird To fly away and never land Mama was right about Jesus He's the way, he's the truth He's the life He walked through hell To free us and I've walked through hell To find His life I'm searching for a life Full of prophet When I heard from a prophet I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold I was searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow begins Yes, I found Where the rainbow begins And we've got Tony Mac McMullen And he has a word for you today that you need to hear. Won't you pour you up a cup and just sit back and enjoy this word? Man, this driver's got a cappuccino machine back there. Oh, you wow. want some of that French cappuccino coffee? Is that that stuff that goes? <laughs> yeah, man. It's got. It makes that funny steaming noise. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drivers. Uh, you may have to uh, pull over and. Uh, let Daryl make this coffee for us, or yeah. he'll have it all over your bed. Yeah, yeah, I call that foo-foo coffee. <laughs> it's girly man coffee. It's I like mine straight and black. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to have fun today, driver, so hang on. We're going to put Tony Mack in the driver's seat right Ooh. now. I know this CD goes out to a lot of guys who don't get to go to church very much. Some of them don't even get to go at all or haven't gone. Some of them have chose a lifestyle to remove church from out of their thinking or out of their thoughts or it's just not a lifestyle that they live. Uh, some of them don't know what an awesome, awesome experience they can have in the Lord. And I, I want to pray for those today that are listening to this CD. And I, I know sometimes we get involved in things that we think we'll never get out of. Sometimes it seems like our life is so upside down that there's no hope. But I know with everything in my heart, there's hope. There's hope, man. When you turn your life over to Jesus, he changes things. He comes in and he, he completes our life. He gives us a destiny 
a reason when you wake up. You know how sometimes I know many of you that are sitting around this table or many of you that are listening, sometimes you wake up and say, what am I living for? And when I got saved, I knew why I was what I was living for. I'd wake up and and be refreshed for a new day and, and excited about what God was going to use or do in my life. And, and, and just looking forward, it's, it's like uh, Christmas every day. You know, you, it's like, all right, what's God going to do today? What's he going to help me do today? And, and I know that it sounds like a fairy tale, but it's not a fairy tale. You see, fairy tales aren't true. Uh, there is no fairy. <laughs> I mean, they, there's a boat called a fairy, and there's people that sometimes call other people's fairy, but, but that's not what, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a reality. A, a, it, it's real. It's not fake. It's something that will change. He'll pick you right up out of the dirt. I talked to a guy this morning that got one of the CDs, and he's calling me. And he said, Tony, he done me like he done you. And, and I said, oh, you're traveling and, and ministering? And he said, no, he picked me up out of that old dirt. Man, and he put me on a path, on a road for life. And, and you know, that's our life. That's our life story as Christians. And I'm going to preach in a minute or give you a word in a minute that I believe God has given me. And I, But first, I just want to pray for all of you out there, for all of us sitting here, for anyone that will listen to this. Maybe it's a little family at home that Dad just brought this CD home. Nobody's listened to it. You decided to pick it up, and you decided to listen to this. And I just want to encourage you. This one's for you. God, God, God sent this directly to you to help you and to help heal your heart. Father, we just thank you, God, for another opportunity. As we sit in the upper room, Lord, I'm reminded of Jesus sitting with his disciples. Lord, they all wanted just to serve him and just to be with him and be with you. And I just thank you, God, that today, just, just like then, Father, you're right here in the midst of us. And God, you give us instruction for life. And Father, for each one out there, Lord, I just pray, God, that they would, they would listen to this CD. And I just pray, God, you'd touch their hearts and you'd let them know that when, when you're involved, there's hope for the hopeless. Lord, you'll take a, somebody that is so afraid of life and you'll give them courage. Lord, you'll take somebody who's, who's broken and needs healing, and Father, you'll heal them. And God, I just pray, Father, that you'd use me today, and you'd hide me behind that cross, and Lord, you'd speak through me today. We need your words, God, and we need your thoughts. Lord, I just ask, Father, that you would give us that, grant us that, Lord. Let every ear hear, let every heart receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, recently, you know, if, if you guys know, y'all know that I do a lot of stuff at the Capitol Building in, o in Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma. I, I have a lot of the people there that call and... But there's one person that's very, very, uh, she inspired my life. She just was a neat lady. Her name was Sue Tibbs. She was a Congress lady. She was in the House of Congress. She was, I guess they would call her a representative. And I used to think all politicians uh, were not honest. And people would say, oh, there's honest ones. And I'd think, they're like UFOs. You just never see one. You know <laughs> what I mean? And... and and I didn't. And I'm. I'm being honest with you today. I thought they were all in it for themselves. That that uh, man. That if you were a Democrat, you hated the Republicans. If you were a Republican, you hated the Democrats. And that none of them could work together or, or wanted to. And it was all about themselves. And I, I really believe that. And I had a car wreck in 1996. And I remember going through the hospital stay and everything. Many of you have listened to my CDs. You've probably heard me minister about that, how God used that time uh, for, I guess, to connect with me and, and for me to connect with other people. And 
when I got out and was sent home, I remember being bedridden. I couldn't even, couldn't even get out of bed. And uh, the phone rang. And, and the lady on the, you know, I always answer the phone. This is Tony Matt. And the lady on the other line said, uh, Tony, my name is, is Sue Tibbs. I'm representative for the state of Oklahoma. And I said, boy, did you get the wrong number? I mean, knowing my past, you know what I mean? What is a, rep a lawmaker calling a lawbreaker? It, you know, it just, did, it just didn't seem right. But she said, no, I knew exactly who I was calling. And she said, I've had some people in my church tell me about you. And she said, I've listened to your CD. And she said, I want to I come over and I want to meet you for lunch. And I said, Miss Tibbs, I've had a car wreck and I'm bedridden. I can't even get out of bed. She said, would you mind if I came to your house? I thought, man, is she going to arrest me? What's going on? You know, what's going on? I said, no, I don't mind. Come on, come on over, Will. You know, you can sit right here at the foot of the bed. She said, here's why I've been placed over the justice system in Oklahoma. She was involved with that, and she said, uh, I don't do anything halfway. And I thought, okay, she's, she's already got on her soapbox for the political arena here, you know, and I said, okay, well, you come on over. And she said, I want to pick your brain about prison. And I said, well, that's something I know a little bit about. So, so you come on over. So she did, and she sat at the foot of the bed, but listen to me. She was asking the tough questions that nobody else would be involved with. She wanted to know what in prison needed to be changed. And if I could change it, she said, give me a list of things that you would change. Now I'm starting to think, well, is this woman for real? You know, the Bible says that sometimes we entertain angels unaware. There's sometimes we'd be right in the midst of angels and we don't even know it. But I remember telling her all the stuff that I knew about the prisons and what I believed needed to be changed and what, what happens when people get out of prison and what is the hardest part for guys when they get out or girls when they get out. And she wrote, she had a manila envelope, uh, you know, legal pad, and she wrote down page after page. That lady sat there for two and a half hours. Candy was serving them drinks. Her husband came with her, and she sat there at the foot of my bed, and I was blown away, folks, because the question she was asking was very, very near and dear to my heart. I mean, this was something that God placed me in, and, and y'all have heard my testimony, maybe, and some of you haven't, but uh, I, was, I, was, I did not want to go back to prison. I did not want to serve God in prison. Last thing I wanted to do, I, I told him, I'll do youth. I'll, I'll speak to kids. God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, but please don't make me go back to prison. And I got a call one day. And they asked me to come back in and be the guest speaker. Now, listen, in Oklahoma, you get out of prison, you're not even eligible to apply to come back in for one year. You're not even. And then it's really, really hard. And with my past, you know, it's almost impossible for somebody like me to come back in. So I wasn't bothered by that. I was like, okay, this is okay with me. But they called me and said, Tony, we want you to come back in. That was on 9-11-2001. And all the way up there, I argued with God. I don't want to go. And he kept telling me, Tony, do you love me? Yes, Lord. He said, then you go feed my sheep. And so I did. And, and I found out the thing that I was most afraid of became one of my biggest joys, the prisons. Those guys uh, were so amazed because I came back. I was amazed. I came back. I mean, it was something I didn't want to do, but God knows the very thing and the very place to put us. And you know what he does? He puts you where he can give you the best tools in the world. He never sets you up for failure. Now, we think he's setting us up for failure. We think we're missing it. All right, man, I'm, I'm not good at this. You can't make me do this. My wife's a good example. I don't have to go no farther than right here. She does not like speaking. 
But I, when she speaks in the prisons, things break open. I've seen guys humble themselves, just begin to cry because they're hearing their wife speak. They're hearing their daughter or sister or, or whatever. They put themselves in that place. And God has given me a blessing there. Now, Sue Tibbs uh, was somebody. She had a devotional in the Capitol building. And I, Candy and I, I guess this was the fifth time I've been up there speaking her devotional. And she usually would invite people that were so successful. I mean, big, big-time people that had big-time names that everybody knew of. And, and she would invite me, and I'm a nobody, and, and trying to tell everybody about somebody that can change anybody, amen? And, and, and she would invite us, and she invited Candy, and Candy told me, I'm not going. I said, you take it up with God, amen? I, and y'all remember, well, I got myself in trouble here. I, I, me and Gary, and Gary never got in trouble, and I, that's not right because it was all his idea. He kept telling me and telling me and telling me, we want Candy to speak when... And I'm the one that, that brought the plan, though. Well, let's don't tell her. Go ahead and put her on the advertisement, but let's don't tell her till we get there because she'll, she'll be scared to death. And we walked in, and the first person walked up and says, can't wait to hear you tonight. And I said, oh, yeah, Kendra, you're speaking. And I was in trouble, man. I was in big trouble. But yeah, and some of you remember that. Amen. But anyway, Sue Tibbs was somebody that... Uh, I'm telling you, she went to bats to try to remove the governor out of the pro process. Well, Tony, why would you want that to happen? And listen to me. Just the day before yesterday, I lost a real good friend on death row. I knew him very well. He got a death sentence, got his sentence overturned to a life, got his case back in court because he insisted he didn't shoot the guy, and got a brand new case back in court, new judgment, you know. And, and they sent him back to death row. And he, and he died. They, they executed him the other day. Now, well, Tony, do you believe in executions? No, and here's why. Because they kill so many innocent people. I, I, you know, I get a lot of them that need it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. But to me, uh, they need to do something more about, uh, you know, it's already been proved so many times there's been so many people convicted on eyewitness that didn't do it. And they've, they've exonerated. I've had three different friends that was kicked out of prison DNA because they got the wrong person off a of death row. So anyway, I, I, and the governor being in the pro process, it shows, now listen to me, we're going somewhere. I know y'all think I'm rambling, but we're going somewhere. In prison in Oklahoma, the only other state, there's no other state in the nation that has governors still in the probe process. They used to have them in there, but, but they've figured it out. Hey, this is political suicide for them. If they come to uh, the pro board and the pro board passes them, and it's an election year, pros drop 85% in Oklahoma on election year. That's a lot. And that tells you the political influence that a judge, that a governor, or, or even the pro board has become an election year. But she got it back in court, and that's my, my point is she would take the challenge. She wasn't afraid. She, she would fight the fights that nobody else would fight. And, and just a neat lady, and her first and foremost thoughts was always Jesus Christ. Where did she get her wisdom? Where did she get her knowledge? Where did she make up her mind? This right here. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct our path. Now, now she believed that and she lived that. And, and here's the deal. She, she passed away a couple weeks ago. She fighting cancer, and this lady was a trooper. I mean, she was a soldier. She would go to work when everybody else, I'm telling you, I'm a big old baby when I get sick. I ain't going to lie. I can break my arm, still get it done. I get a, a, a little old cold, and I'm ready to quit, man. I'm telling you, that's just me. I, I've always been that way. I'm not good at being sick, but she was very, very diligent and 
faithful for what she done. She was a very, very faithful person. She changed my whole thoughts on politics and on politicians. Now, I think a lot of them are still corrupt. I think we have a big, big problem in America that's going to bite them right in the, in, in, in the tail end because I believe there's a lot of them that's in it for the wrong reasons, a lot of them making decisions for all the wrong reasons. But they called me and asked me to come over to the family. And her husband's name's Homer, and my heart went out to Homer because here is his life partner. And he's, lose, he's losing her. She's in her deathbed at home. She came home from the Capitol building, went straight to the hospital. They admitted her and sent her home a few weeks later to die. Now, this is the dedication this woman had. I'm trying to set this up so you'll see. It's not Sue that I'm putting on a pedestal, and maybe I am a little bit, but it's the one she served. If you will turn over to Matthew chapter 7, well, I want to start reading at verse 16. Matthew chapter 7, start reading. Well, let's just back up to 15. And the Bible says, beware of false prophets. Does anybody, when you automatically think of that, is there anybody besides me that thinks about uh, people that proclaim to be Jesus or proclaim to be Christ-centered uh, that are not? I mean, especially in politics. Especially, man, that's the first thing you'll hear out of their mouth, they're a Christian. But by their actions, we see that they're really not. And it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, and I love this right here, therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Now why did I read that? Well, I, when they asked me to come and speak at her funeral, I went and, and man, I, I was scared Candy was even scared for me. I mean, it because I was just nervous. They're, they're, they had over 30 police there, uh, highway patrolmen. And I told them, I said, last time I seen that many highway patrolmen in one place, they were after me. They were in my rearview mirror. Yeah, that's what I told them. But I, I remember uh, when, I, when, when I was studying and asking God what to give me, Oh, man, I had all kinds of things, but the one thing that shined through was that scripture. You shall know them by their fruits. Because while I was laying in that hospital bed, something happened. I was aware that I was in the presence of a, of a real Christian. I seen her fruits by what was coming out of her mouth, by what she was doing, sitting at the foot of my bed, an exit, a, a, a convicted murder. She's sitting at the foot of my bed and she's pouring out her heart to me. How she wants to see change. How she doesn't love the sin, but she loves the sinner. And what's the first part of the fruit? Turn to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. If you're driving down the road, just please listen to me because I'm somebody that was on the bottom of the barrel. I was as low as you can go in the Oklahoma Department of Corrections. I was the one, I was in a cell where flies don't, don't even want to come in, you know. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, man, this little woman sat at the foot of my bed and she, she I could see that she, it wasn't just talk. Is it wasn't just somebody that was making a speech, but the longer I began to know her, 
the more and more and more I've seen this person and who she was. Now, all of us have room to grow. But as I was standing before them, I asked everyone there, I said, I want to I give Sue a little test today. And I said, you know, you guys know her. You worked with her day in, day out. Many of them knew her. They lived in the same apartment building. She would have to drive from Tulsa, stay away from her family all week long while session was going on and legislation and all that. And, and she would stay up there in this apartment. And, she, and they knew her. And, man, they, that place was packed. It was packed. It was plumb full of people. Everybody that knew her loved her. Everyone that was sitting there, I said, let's just take a little test. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. What's the first one? Love. Well, did she, I want you to grade yourself right here. Now, many of you who don't know Christ, if you'll grade yourself honest, you'll say, well, there's people I love. I, I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my wife. I love my kids. But man, I hate this guy over here. I hate that guy over there. If you're like me, man, I was a very, very prejudiced person before I got saved. And I was a bigot, man. I wasn't, I wasn't, I, there was no good part of me. I mean, I, I hated people. I hated people who wore badges. I hated people who told on people. I hated people convicted of a charge. Uh, sexual charge. I mean, I, there were so many people out there for me to hate, and I hated them. But when I got saved, God said I couldn't do those things anymore. That I, that you know, a house divided cannot stand is what the Bible says. And what He was saying when He said, "You shall know them," big word, them by their fruits. Well, what was He talking about? He was talking about Christians. And to be a Christian means to be Christ-like, to be like Christ. And so here's, here's, a, here's a lady that, that we're giving a test at her funeral. I want you to just stop for a minute and say, if you died today, what would your test be? Man, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I didn't die in my sin. Well, the first, first test is love. Do you love people? Now, the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself is one of the biggest commandments. It said the first most important one was to love your father with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's the first four. Uh, if you look at the Ten Commandments, that's the first four commandments, how to love God. And then what were the next six? The next six commandments were how to love your neighbor. Amen? And so what did he say? And love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Man, love. Well, that doesn't mean, hey, if you hate somebody and you're really having a hard time loving somebody, it doesn't mean you got to run up and just give them a big old sloppy wet kiss on the cheek or, or just hug them until... Tell you know their eyes bulge out or something, or and, and what it means is if you see that person in need, if you see that person hungry, give them something to eat. One of the things that we done in prison that was so fun, Bob. I, I I had such a blast doing this. It was my one of my biggest joys after I got saved. We would find somebody that didn't have anything, nothing, no family. They would get a care package every uh, month. And that care package would probably last them a week and a half. Soap and stuff like that, you know, shampoo and uh, a plastic razor and all that kind of stuff. So we, there was a group of us that got together, and we would all go to canteen, and we would buy things. And we wouldn't buy just for their needs. We'd buy them some soda pop. We'd buy them some candy bars. We'd buy them some popcorn they could cook in a microwave oven. We'd get them things. And sometimes we'd end up with a case of pop, and we'd have two or three sacks. And, we, and, the, and the officers all knew what we was doing on this particular yard, and they gave us a lot of freedom. And we would take those things in, and we would set them down in their cells, and we'd run back out. And we'd hide and watch when they got home. We couldn't, I could not not watch. It was something that, it was so fun. That was the part of it that was just such a big joy. 
And we didn't tell anybody who we were. When we would sign the deal, and the cops helped us keep that secret. It was so cool. But when we would sign, we'd write a little note, and we'd say, we are Christians. We love the Lord. And the Lord picked you for us to bless. And, th- and that's all we would say, you're Christian brothers. That's it. And, and, and man, I, I never will forget the first one. He came home. He'd been working hard. And he came home. And he walked in his cell, you know, and they popped the door for him. And he seen the pop and the sacks. And he found the note. And he came out. And he looked all around because he thought it was a trick, you know. In prison, you don't want people to give you things because they want something else. You know what I mean? And, and so he, 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 would, he would come out reading the note, and he's looking around. He goes back in the cell, and he grabs a pop <laughs> and a candy bar. <laughs> and he comes out, and he says, I'm going to open it. Here it goes. And he opens it. You know what was the coolest thing when we seen him walk through the church door? He said, I didn't know people done that anymore. You know, we didn't we didn't look at them and say, hey, if you're if you're not a Christian, if you're not doing this, or if you were arrested for this crime, that was hard for me. I had to let God teach me how to look at people and love them, but not their sin. And that's a very, very hard thing to do. And I'm telling you, it was, it was hard for me to get by that one. But can I tell you something? Corinthians chapter 13 says it's, it's the love chapter. We all know that. I don't have to have you go there, but you, you all know that. When it, it says the, you can have everything in the world. You can be everything in the world. But if you don't have love, what's it say? You, you don't have anything. You're nothing. You can speak in tongues. Man, you can turn five backflips. You can be the best swimmer in the world. You can be the best evangelist. You can be the best uh, speaker. Man, but it don't matter if you don't have love. You're just a noisemaker is what the Bible says. Now, I asked everyone there, I said, how would you rate Sue Tibbs? And everyone there, you could see them A+. Plus. She got A+, plus there. And the next one, Joy. <laughs> they showed a video of Sue Tibbs, and it was the most funniest heartfelt because her and a bunch of women done this song, but they didn't any of them sing. They clucked it, and they would, and they went around, and it was the most funniest, humorous thing. Now Sue could be funny; she was witty. She had an awesome sense of humor. She was one of the most awesome people. Man, I loved her so much. Being around her would make you smile. Being around her would just make you happier. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And what about peace? How did she score there? This woman fought cancer for four years. And if you didn't know her very closely, you would never have known. Because she never complained. She never spoke about it. Her words were, if God's ready for me to come home, I'm ready to go. And if he's not, I'm ready to stay. The only thing that I heard her on her deathbed, she said, I feel like I didn't get everything done. I said, Sue, you got so much more done. You kicked the ball that everybody else was afraid to kick. And now they're playing ball. Amen. And that's who she was. Well, what about long-suffering? Man, that's long-suffering, ain't it? Straight A's. This woman had straight A's. Kindness. Do we have kindness in our heart? You know, one of my hardest spots for that is driving. Man, I try to be a courteous driver. I try to, to not be insulting or an aggressive driver but and I'm working on it amen I've got an accountability partner that sits right there by me amen and 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 there's been a lot of times in my life that I've gotten angry at people because there's some really incurious people out there 
And I want to get to where I can be courteous even when they're not. And that was Sue. She could. She was that way. What about uh, gentleness? And she was one of the most gentlest people I ever met. She was a, in goodness. She, she was a good person. She had good, good uh, blood that ran through her veins. Was if, if you'd done a DNA, I know you'd find Christ in it. I know you would. I mean, there's no better compliment that you can give somebody than to say she was Christ-like. And that's who she was. She was so Christ-like. We go on all, all the way through these faiths. She had such faith. She could move mountains. Amen. Well, Tony, why didn't you live? God had a better plan. Her work was done. She went home to a loving, awesome God. And you know, when, when her husband's day comes, She'll be, she'll be right there, man, and, and she's going to show him all over heaven. Amen? She's going to lead him to the Savior. Even in her death, she showed me how to be a better person. She wasn't afraid. She was fearless. I loved her. There's not too many people that you can find like that these days. It's almost like they broke the mold with her. Her family, they all, man, they, they were lost because they were losing. She was not just a leader to Oklahoma. She was a leader everywhere she went. She set the bar so high. For all of us. And she showed me. When I read this I would think. Well that's Jesus. Jesus can do that. But but humans just can't get there. She showed me. Yes we can. We can make an A plus. Amen. We're not going to be perfect. And Sue wasn't perfect. She'd be the first one to tell you that. She was humble. She was meek. She was fearless. Amen. But I, I pray that, that today, if you're hearing this, you're driving down the road and you're saying, Tony Mack, I, I hear what you're saying. and Man, I want to be more like Sue. I want to be more like Christ. Sue would tell you, follow me as I follow Christ, just like Paul did. She was a soldier. And she raised the bar, like I said, for each and every one of us. She was a... She was, she was somebody, man, that would make you laugh and, and then five minutes later make you cry. I mean, she was just, she was a neat person. And she showed me how to trust other people. I mean, at her uh, memorial at the Capitol building where I went up and spoke, uh, the governor was there and, and all these people that loved Sue were there. And they would come up to me and Candy and say, we've heard so much about you. We've heard so much about you. Some of them we knew. Most of them we'd never seen before. I mean, I, you see them on the news, and you see them all here, and you see them there. But, man, you know, you never think they'd know anything about somebody like you. Well, so, Sue so loved the Lord that she loved God's people. And that was her heartbeat. That's what she would talk about. You know, I want to tell you about Jesus now. Jesus was all of these things. You know why? He created them. He created love. He created joy for the Christian. There's nothing worse than seeing a Christian that just hates everybody. Amen? That just has no joy. No, doesn't like it. Doesn't like to laugh. Doesn't like, you know, and it's okay. Some people just don't have that. But some people are, are happier being bitter than they are being happy. But the joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is our strength. That's where we get strength. When we get up in the morning, it gives us courage. It gives us strength. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. i got to work on that one a little bit. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, each one of you are taking the test. And each one of you know the weak places in your life. And if you're listening to this, 
I, I, one of the things that bothers me most about Christians is when they say it's okay, we're just human. Compromise. You know, I don't see that anywhere in here. Through the Spirit, there's no compromise with God. Amen. This is not a, uh, a suggestion. Will, you, will y'all please have love? Will y'all please have joy? You see, when he said, you shall know them by their fruits, he's not, he's not saying that just for you to be on guard of other people. He's also giving us instruction right here. So I want to ask y'all, are you instructed? Man, do you want to really grow and be more Christ-like? Well, it's going to take more love, more joy. You're going to have to have peace. When everything's falling apart around you, having peace. Man, having faith that you know God is going to move. You know, Bob's had this place here for I don't know how long, but every time I come here, he's just got his hopes up just as high as he ever has. He knows something's going to happen. And you know what? One day something will. Maybe it's something with Bob that needs to change. I don't know. Maybe it's something that God's trying to say, Bob, I'm teaching you something here. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not God. But I know this. I see him having faith. I see him making a stand. He's not giving up. Amen? Now, maybe there's some things in his life that needs to change. I don't know. And each one of you. I know I've got stuff right here that I can underline and highlight. And I don't like too many people knowing it. Amen? And and that's how we are as people. But I want to encourage you. Man, let God be your guide. Let Jesus take you by the hand and lead you through these things. Because I could have never loved nobody if I didn't have him teaching me. It began with a handshake. It, It began with with me just being able to shake their hand. And you know what? I know when I'd done that, God sat back and a big old grin hit his face. And he does that with each one of you. And if you're listening today, that's what Christianity is all about. God wants you to be somebody that somebody that is parched, thirsty, hungry, They need to come to you to just get filled up a little bit. And God wants you to be that sanctuary for somebody. Oh, man, that's asking a lot of me. No, you're just the the vessel. He's the living water. Amen. I hope you guys get it. it. I know that if you're out there on the road and you're driving and you're saying, who is this guy? I killed a guy that was a friend of mine in a dope deal. So out of my head, wiped out on drugs and alcohol. Spent 15 years with my little wife. Never gave up. She was my vessel. She was the place that I went to for sanctuary. And she introduced me to the living water, amen, to my Jesus. And that's what I'm doing right now for you. You're driving down one of them big old trucks or you may be home bed ridden. No, I don't know where you're at, but I know this. I know the answer. I know the answer. I know where hope lives. I know where we can drink of living water that will never be thirsty again. And I'm not talking about a a physical thirst. I'm talking about a spiritual thirst. God will give us something that we need that we'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be a brand new beautiful day. Instead of oh me, it'll be hoorah. Amen. And if you're listening, you've never asked Christ into your heart. It's a very, very easy thing to do. and You know, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's your beliefs. It's your hope. If you're listening right now, I just want you just to please just 
You can be driving down the road, man. You can be anywhere. Just please, just, just concentrate on this prayer. And all you're doing, when you pray this prayer, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to give my life up so that you may live in me. I'm going to surrender to you my whole life. And when you surrender to him, he begins to take control. Now, the, the, the salvation is immediate. But for each one of us, it takes a little while to, to change these things in our lives. And it's something that we just continually work on and go through and do, and God gives us the increase day by day. It's like growing a tree. You start out a little bitty oak tree, man, where somebody could just kick you and it uproots you. But you grow into a big old stable oak tree that even the tornadoes can't pull out of ground. Amen. I mean, all the storms of, of this world can hit you and you'll be able to withstand is what I'm saying. So pray this prayer with me, Father. I just want to thank you for your word today. It pierced my heart. Lord, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my strength. Be my love and my joy and my peace. Give me all the fruits of the Spirit, Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. And what a wonderful, wonderful life. If you're driving down the street and you say, Man, Tony, I don't have a lot, but I'd sure like to get behind that ministry and, and help them with what they're doing. You know what? If, if you've got $5, man, stop and put it in an envelope. Because if 100 of you do that, that's $500. I mean, and it costs a lot of money to get these CDs and stuff out. And you guys driving, man, don't think that you're little ain't enough to matter. That's so sad when people think that. Because together we're strong. Together, we're mighty. Amen. Amen. So I encourage you, man. It's a good place to sow into. It's a good place to, to, to get invest, invest in. Amen. Because you're invested in the kingdom of God. And I believe that with everything in me. And God bless you all today. And I'd just like to add, too, I know that we made it sound like, or Tony talked about the politicians, but I'd just like to add that there are, we met some wonderful, wonderful people at the state capitol. And it's just so amazing how God takes someone that served 15 years in prison, and that's God. That's just the power of God. Just like he took Gideon and used Gideon for him to take someone like that and put them before senators and and state representatives and and to have them be able to speak life into their lives but we we did not just sue tibbs i mean we have friends that are uh, a really good uh we met one of the senators that's just such an awesome awesome humble man he he loves the Lord. It's so evident in the fruit that he bears. Bill Brown is his name. Bill He's... Brown. Um, Tony can pick up the phone and call the director of of the Department the, of Corrections. Department of Corrections and and just it's just so amazing the favor that the Lord gives. But but these people. But you know we wouldn't even be able to do that if if the fruit weren't in their lives. Uh, and... It, and the director, I didn't even know him. Sue Tibbs introduced me to him. Sue Tibbs got behind me. She was the reason. She talked to Justin Jones and said, Here, Justin, will you listen to this? And Tony has a, he wants to go in and, and put a CD together called Choices. And Justin Jones said, They didn't want to let me back in, McAllister. They, they're afraid of me over did not want me back in there. And Justin said, Open the door. He's coming. And that's an order. Six foot six, he stood on the ground, weighed 235 pounds, but I saw that giant of a man fall down to his knees by love. He was the kind of man 
who would gamble on luck And look you in the eye and never back up Mother saw him crying like a little whip pup Because of love Can't see it with your eyes, hold it in your hand Like the wind it covers our land Strong enough to rule the heart of any man This thing called love it can lift you up, it can knock you down Take your world and turn it all around Ever since time nothing's ever been found Stronger than love God is love Men like me Struggling down Trouble their minds day in, day out Too busy with living to worry about A thing called love When I see a mother With tenderness She holds her young close to her breast And I thank God we've all been blessed By His love can't see it with your eyes, hold it in your hand Like the wind it covers our land Strong enough to rule the heart of any man This thing called love It can lift you up, it can knock you down Take your world and turn it all around Ever since time, nothing's ever been found Stronger than love Ever since time, nothing's ever been found Stronger than love God is love Gary, this has been an awesome, awesome ride in the cab, but I hear that driver up there, man. He's downshifting. I think there's a truck stop up here he's fixing to pull into. <laughs> well, you're right about that, Dennis. Anytime you have Tony Mack in the driver's seat, you are going to have an awesome ride and just love uh, his messages. And you're going to love his testimony. If you haven't heard his testimony, give us a call. Let us send you a copy of that. You will be blessed, I promise you. And we're going to end today's program, Dennis, with my testimony in song. And it's a song that you helped me bring to a brand new level. And that's At the Foot of the Tree. It's off of our Lonesome Road, Volume 1 CD. Here's Dennis McKay. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Change. I'm not the man I used to be.